Welcome to the Farming Basics Podcast with Olivia Fuller. We'll have sustainable farming tips from growers across the state and extension specialists at Auburn University. We're back. It's your host, Olivia Fuller, and Jacob Kelly is still not with me again today, but he will be back. Don't worry. We've got Dr. Chip East with us today. He is what Jacob and I are in the east set of the state. So he's the commercial horticulture agent over in this area. We're recording in Auburn today, and we're so happy to have him. Good to be here, Olivia. Yeah, we're going to talk about tomato selection and why variety is important. And I mean, tomatoes, we all love them, but there's so many things that go into planting tomatoes. I'm sure there's a lot of felled gardeners that are listening to this right now that their tomatoes got diseased and and maybe you chose the wrong tomato that you're just like, this doesn't taste great. So why is that? Why is Why are there so many varieties of tomatoes as opposed to other vegetables? There are thousands and thousands of different cultivars or types of tomatoes to choose from. And when you're going through those seed catalogs, it can be confusing. It can be fun, but it can actually be confusing as well, because why would you plant one over another? Obviously, you, you want to plant the best. So if there was one that was the best, nobody that's all we'd plant. We wouldn't plant any of the others. They all have different characteristics, and it depends on what you're looking for as to which one we would plant. So talking about the southeast here, it gets super hot in the summers when when they're trying to set fruit. Is there a few that you can name that are great for our environment that's recommended just for Alabama specifically? And that's one thing to think about. We can plant a lot of things early in the spring, but a lot of times when in this when it gets in the 90s and especially 100 degrees or in that neighborhood, they'll shut down. They won't set fruit. And there are some heat set tomatoes. And sometimes you can tell, and it'll say that on the seed package. It'll say if it's a heat set tomato. And sometimes it tells you in the name, like it'll say solar fire or sun chaser would be Phoenix is one of the heat set tomatoes. But there's one called Bella Rosa. It's a heat set tomato, but I can't really tell from the name. That, but that it would say that set. on the package. It would tell you on the package if it's a heat set. Now, we might plant a lot of things in the spring, but for those crops that's going to be coming in, those tomatoes that's going to be setting fruit in August, I would probably want some a heat set, a few heat set ones in the garden. The others will come back in and start setting fruit again as it cools off. But that hot time of year, I'd like to have some heat set tomatoes planted. So that brings up uh, determinate versus indeterminate, another way to narrow your selection. Well, that's a good question. And on the indeterminate and determinate, and sometimes it depends on how our staking methods. I mean, tomato is a vining crop, so we've got to stake it in some way. A determinate tomato, and a lot of the farmers grow determinate tomatoes, but anybody can grow them. They grow, bloom, set fruit, and they're pretty much done. They don't have that continual growth like an indeterminate can keep growing and blooming and setting fruit all summer. Like Better Boy and Early Girl, those are some of the common permanent ones you could plant. So maybe for a grower, if some of our listeners are farmers selling wholesale, determinate might be the way they to They stake go. those with a, oh, a four-foot uh, trellis system of, of, of strips of wood and the Florida weave with the string mm-hmm. around them. And you can't, that's hard to do when it, they're 10 feet tall to do a system mm-hmm. like that, that. So when you're talking about acres and acres, they like the plants that remain shorter. Just it just makes staking easier. So they do like the heat, the 
determine it, and then they would just plant multiple times during the year. If someone grows several acres of tomatoes, they don't plant them all the same day. They'll plant in a couple of, maybe two to three weeks later, plant again, plant again, plant again throughout the summer. Alabama Ag Credit is a proud sponsor of the Farming Basics podcast. Buying real property isn't the same as buying in town. If you're in the market to purchase your own piece of paradise or need an operating line for your farm, give our friends at Alabama Ag Credit a call. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, they can help you with everything from homes and lands to tractors and crops. Because sometimes natural resources need financial resources. And while some lenders don't get it, they do. Learn more by visiting alabamaagcredit.com. We have a lot of market growers here in the state in particular. Would that carry true to them or they, would they want indeterminate for farmers' markets? I'll see that both ways. By far, most of the farmers are planting determinate, but that's not always true, especially even the farmers that do uh, cherry or grape tomatoes. A lot of those are indeterminate, but um, it kind of depends, again, on the staking and if they're going to to keep those crops coming in, they're, yeah, it's real common for them to be determinate. We hadn't talked about disease-resistant, but that's another part of it. A lot of our disease-resistant tomatoes, tomato-spotted wilt-resistant varieties, some of those, and that's just been last year, we started getting some tomato-spotted wilt-resistance in the indeterminate varieties. Like there's a Better Boy Plus and a Big Beef Plus that has that plus is for that tomato-spotted wilt resistance. But up until last year, if you had a tomato-spotted wilt resistant tomato, it was a determinate type. So sometimes it's the stake and sometimes it's for disease. So There's a lot of factors to consider there. What about greenhouse versus high tunnel versus just bare ground? Yeah, and the, it'll again, it'll tell you on the seed packages, but... There's some tomatoes, ones, by far the most common one. It's a, for the greenhouse tomatoes, people grow those in the wintertime when we can't grow them in the field. The light levels are lower in the wintertime. So the kind of tomatoes we'd plant outside are not the same varieties we'd plant in the greenhouse. But there's one called Trust is like the, the standard when it comes to greenhouse tomatoes around here. But there's one called Blitz and Match and Geronimo. There are several low light level tomatoes. If you just were to plant a better boy like that, you could grow the plant, but it, it would just be green, green, green. It, it just wouldn't ripen properly because it needs more light. These low light level tomatoes will ripen properly in that greenhouse in the wintertime. So really paying attention to those seed packets and or what if you're ordering online, like really reading into that. Think seed. about, that's correct. Think about what characteristic you want from the tomato. For instance, if you're uh, canning tomatoes, we can can any of them. We can can cherry tomatoes. It, it, we can can any of them. But there's a lot of water in a tomato. And if I was canning, you might want to use the paste tomato. Roma types, we just, Roma is just a word we use to describe a lot of these paste tomatoes, but there's several that are meaty and not as juicy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you're canning, that's something you would use. So think about the end goal. What are we doing with the tomato? Right. If I'm canning, I'd want to grow a bunch of paste ones. If I'm worried about... Salsa. Hey, that would be another reason for... That's right, for the paste ones. We hadn't talked a lot about disease resistance and all, but... Other than the tomato spotted wilt, but there's fusarium wilt and verticillium wilt. Nematodes can be a problem. What, what's most common here in the state that people should really look for their variety being resistant to? 
Somebody else may disagree. I would say fusarium wilt is high on the list. Tomato spotted wilt would be high on the list as well. We don't see the verticillium wilt like we do some of the others. There's a bacterial wilt, but th those are there are some resistant, but there's very few. But there's tons of tomatoes resistant to fusarium wilt. And when you're looking for that resistance, what are you looking for on the seed packet or the um, website? When you see that seed packet, it, there's different races of these diseases, and it'll say F1, F2, F3, that's fusarium wilt race one resistant. Keep in mind, it would be nice, but th there's not one tomato resistant to everything. Even early blight, there's some tomatoes resistant to early blight, but early blight is a, it's just common all over the southeast. But think of what we're trying to avoid. What's the biggest problem in the tomato patch? And I would take that information when determining which ones to be planting. And it, it's probably a good idea to learn how to plant, grow your own from seed because there's tens of thousands of different kinds of tomatoes you can have access to, plant those seeds. There's only a few of those available at your retail places that's already grown as a transplant. Mm -hmm. If you have a greenhouse, there's a lot of stuff we can do early in the year. It, I might buy some when it comes planting time to have some nice plants up, get a, a crop sooner. But when it warms up, I could go ahead and plant tomato seeds in April. Now, I'm not going to be the first person with tomatoes when I'm planting seeds in April, as opposed to when everybody else is setting out transplants. But I could plant some transplants, and then I could plant some seeds as well that would come in later in the year. And I remember something you told me. It's not who has that first tomato at market. It's who has the last tomato That's at market. That's a good way to think about it. A lot of people, whether it's a tomato or ear corn or whatever, they'll... It's kind of a battle in a neighborhood or at the farm supplier, coffee shop, or whatever, who has the first whatever tomato in this case. But I think it's just as important as who has the last one at the end of the year. A lot of times in the middle of the summer, their garden's gone. Right, yeah. AFVGA is a proud sponsor of the Farming Basics podcast. From generations past through the years to come, the Alabama fruit and vegetable growers produce an abundance we all enjoy. Join Alabama farmers at the annual conference and trade show in Gulf Shores, Alabama, February 9th and 10th, 2023. Visit afvga.org to learn more. Alabama produce, it just tastes better. So we've talked a lot about diseases and, and that kind of stuff. So let's talk about some fun things as far as flavor. What about high acidity versus low acidity? Is is that something people should consider? That's when a good question and something people think of a lot. Generally speaking, all tomatoes have the same amount of acid. The difference is the sugar. It's like lemonade and lemon juice. There's one big thing different between lemonade and lemon juice, and it's sugar. Generally speaking, this is not true in all cases, but generally speaking, the off-color, something other than red tomato, so uh, uh, you can have them white, yellow, orange, black, there's different color, something other than red are usually higher sugar, which someone would interpret that as being low acid, but it, it's really, it's the, the same amount of acid. The the same, yes. So the eliminate analogy was very helpful. If you want a, a, a bite to the tomato, if you want that acidic, then probably... A red. lot of red ones, but mm -hmm. there's just so many to choose from. I would recommend if you, there's so many to choose from, grow different ones and see which one you like the best. Mm -hmm. Just because you've been growing it for 20 years, there's thousands that you haven't even tried. But that involves growing your own from seed. 
So that's why I have such a sweet tooth, and I don't like red tomatoes. I always choose the yellow one, the dark purple, all of the others that are not red. I think that's because I must be sensing the sugar levels. And a lot of people, when they think of a tomato, they think it's got to be red. And we've done a lot of tomato taste tests around. And I, I hate to tell you some favorite ones, but I've grown several different ones. And one of the cherry ones, a lot of people wouldn't don't like the cherry ones and offer there's this one called Sun Gold and it's a little yellow tomato and people just go crazy they over love Sun it. Gold. And man does it produce but it's too. It's, it's a very hardy plant. Yeah. The cherry tomatoes do really well here in the southeast. I try and steer farmers towards towards that option because they do they taste great people just have in their head those that have been refrigerated and shipped and they've gotten at the grocery store and you can't refrigerate a tomato it, it, freshness is key it to, is to this well do you have a favorite for for just you what, what's in your garden chip <laughs> you said the sun gold I, I'll, I'll plant seven or eight different varieties now I'll, a good many of those but we'll plant seven or eight and I'll try to do a, a different seven or eight another Every year. year but i tell yeah. you i come back to big beef is one of my favorite if you like better boy you, you'd probably love big beef it's got a better disease resistance at the, and it's a good slicing it is a good slicing tomato big beef i like bella rosa because it's a tomato spotted wilt resistant one i always plant sun gold I always there's a sweet 100 that's it's red though but it's a, a good cherry tomato i will mention we've done taste test of, we, we didn't mention heirloom versus hybrid right and a hybrid is just a cross between two or more plants so mm -hmm. an heirloom we can grow it from seed every time where the hybrid we couldn't save our seeds and get that same exact plant and that's why some people might like the heirloom the trouble with the heirloom is disease resistant package is just They're not so hard to there. grow <laughs> but, but people have their hearts set on heirloom well, and, and i would love to change their mind and and have people understand that the hybrids can taste just as great just as we would do and you'll actually get fruit from them we'll do taste tests and you get different results all all over but hybrids don't taste better nor do they taste worse and same thing with the heirloom we've mm -hmm. back at one of our experiment stations years ago in Cullman, they grew about 70 different heirloom tomatoes. And I got the PowerPoint that of all, and they would eat, and is it good, bad, just rated into some of them, even, and these are heirloom now. Some of them are just their favorite ones, mouth-watering, delicious, wonderful plant. Others, that, that they had to spit out in the field. They just didn't even want to swallow it. They just didn't taste good. Mm -hmm. And again, everybody, we don't like the same soft drinks. We don't like the same ice cream. We don't like the same a lot of things. We're not going to like the same tomatoes either. My point is, try the different ones and see which one you like. Just because your buddy says this is the best, what it might be to him. Mm -hmm. And, and all the many uses that they're using tomatoes for right now. I mean, it's they've gotten very creative. I've seen some chefs make very impressive even cocktails, like you know, straining out the all of the other parts and making it clear, but it's still tomato juice in such a way. And they've just they've gotten really creative with tomatoes. But so the use is very important when choosing the variety. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Good to be here. This has been a production of Alabama Extension at Auburn University.